Welcome to the Spirituality What? podcast, where we explore the mysteries, joys, and challenges of being spiritual beings navigating our unpredictable human experience we call life here on planet Earth. I'm your friendly guide, Rebecca, ready to jump into our adventure of the day. Hello, Spirituality What? listeners. I am thrilled today to bring you another awesome episode on the podcast. Today, we are going to talk with Malaika Mavina Darville about ecstatic dance and spirituality. So Malaika is a qualified ISHTA yoga teacher. She's a qualified water dance practitioner, a Hawaiian body worker, a permaculturist, an African dance performer, and a teacher. She's an ecstatic dance DJ, a ceremonialist, and the creatrix of the five elements dance activation shamanic dynamic meditation dance journey practice, which includes all of the five elements. She's dedicated to creating sacred space through ritual, ceremony, and embodiment to bring personal and planetary awakening. And she's currently based out of Bali, though maybe making a some moves around the world. And we're excited to have her today to talk a little bit about her amazing experience and journey to dance and through dance. And she talks a little bit about how dance is used in ceremony in Africa and how they dance through grief and how dance connects us to our ancestors and what it's like to work with rhythmically challenged cultures and the emotional tolls and the emotional connections that come with that and also about how she uses ancient and modern cultures to raise joy and happiness in the world through ecstatic dance so we're really excited to have her on today Malika and I this was the first time we had met each other through this podcast I had actually heard her on another podcast and was really intrigued by what she was saying and her connection to spirituality and so I just reached out and was like hey do you want to be on the podcast and she thankfully agreed so we're going to dive into it. I am super excited today to welcome Malaika to the Spirituality What podcast. So Malaika if you would give your introduction. Hola greetings from Mexico. Uh, Malaika Mavina Darville here, and super excited to be here as well. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And uh, I guess some have called me a modern-day medicine woman. I didn't really give myself that title, but I've been called that by many. And uh, I'm a global movement facilitator. I've uh, developed the Five Elements Dance Activation and been sharing that all over the world. And uh, I have been working with women and specifically for a very, very long time, more, more than 30 years. So I see myself as one of those light workers on the planet who is carrying those codes for awakening, you know, for this crazy time and shifting times, transitional times that we're going through right now. Yeah. So wear many hats. Uh, I, I, I'm a pioneer of the conscious dance movement um, that I started back in the day, thirty some some thirty five years ago in Australia, as an antithesis to the kind of drunken culture that I found myself in in Australia. And I just I loved. I've always loved to dance, and I wanted to dance, but I didn't want to have to inhale other people's cigarettes and 
you know, have drunk people falling all over me. So that was kind of like the need. There was a real need for it. And I, I created that in my community and it started to spread with wildfire. And like a lot of other things, you know, blessing ways, reviving the blessing way ceremonies for women, and revi reviving blood rites for young girls, reviving initiation ceremonies for young boys. I see myself as that kind of pioneer leader in some senses of the word. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. We're, I'm really excited about this episode for sure. So the very first question that I ask everybody on this podcast is, what does spirituality mean to you? Well, I guess spirituality, I mean, I've always lived a spiritual life. And for me, it's the, it's the quality of being aware of our soul or the human spirit, um, as opposed to only being focused and concerned with material and the physical things. So for me, it's, it, you know, um, at a very early age, I had communication with my ancestors. I didn't really know that that's who they were or what I was communicating to. But I definitely had an open line of communication to my ancestors. And it wasn't until I went to Africa that I realized that that's who I was communicating with, my, my mother. Oh, and that was cool. kind of what sent me on my, my, my journey, you know, my journey with dance and my journey with music and, um, was this reconnecting to my ancestors. So they don't exist in the physical realm. They exist in the spiritual realm. And I had a very strong awareness of them, even though there was no one in my culture that explained to me what it was that I was communing with. In fact, I used to get in trouble uh, for, for, for communing and asking questions about this. So, and my mother is from Jamaica. So very cool. Yeah, my ancestors go way back, like to the early 1600s was the first arrivals from England to Jamaica. So, of course, like the, like the Jamaican dollar bill says, out of many, one people. And that's kind of what I feel like. And I've always, you know, written this thing of one love and one people and one world and, you know, not the one world government that, that, you know, we're leaning into right now. But yeah. You know, the concept of, you know, we are one on this one. The consciousness. Gaia, yep. The consciousness of oneness. Yep. And, um, yeah. So my mother being Jamaican, I really had this longing. Uh, there was a lot of, the shame around our ancestry that was connected with the black side of our ancestry and we've all got curly hair we all go very brown in the sun i do not look like your typical uh white woman and people used to ask me as i started getting older yeah but what else do you have and i didn't really know so i think that longing to know what was in my own dna was also how my ancestors started reaching out and connecting to me and that took me to Africa, and that opened up the whole connection to dance, which is what this podcast is about. So, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So let's let's dive into before we get to sort of the connection of a little bit more about like your history with dance. If you want to start with that mm -hmm. exposure so, in Africa or wherever, yeah. You want to well, start. it was you know I you know we were always dancing as children growing up. Like my mother being Jamaican, we always had. You know, Harry Belafonte was my mother's cousin. So, you know, we always had all those Jamaican Calypso songs playing in the living room. And there was just, you know, dance and, and, and movement was always a part of our, th our growing up. But then it was very much uh, tried to be controlled into gymnastics, into Highland dancing where you don't move your hips. 
gotcha. and always had a big butt. You know, I got a Jamaican, I got a Jamaican <laughs> butt. So I didn't, I didn't qualify for, you know, any of those things my sisters did. You know, they went on to, to like high levels in gymnastics, high levels in Highland dance and stuff. And me, I just wanted to like shake my booty. I wanted to like, you know, be more than that. And my grandmother, she, my Jamaican grandmother, as she got dementia, she used to always say, I should have been an opera singer, you know, and she really mm. wanted to sing opera. She had a beautiful voice and she loved to sing. And I didn't want to be that person, you know, in her years going, Regretting. I wish I had yeah. been a dancer. So literally when most people are finishing their dance career, I was just starting at 29, you know, 29. Yeah. My, my first sudden return was when I went to, to Africa on this kind of journey of like healing the ancestral thing and ended up in Gambia, which was the root of where our Jamaican ancestors came from. And I, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, was shown all of that in very, very spiritual ways that, you know, when you have, when you're on your spiritual path, what starts happening is you get into a flow a flow state Absolutely. Yep. and synchronicities become the norm, not the, not the extraordinary. Oh, I had this, you know, I was thinking of that person and then bang, they popped up in my reality. You know, for me, it's, it's just a normal occurrence to live in that kind of field of, of um, synchronicities. Awesome. So the dance you know, in Africa, you dance for every reason. I mean, dance is just such a huge part of culture. Every time a baby's born, which is a lot in Africa, there's a huge ceremony. They don't celebrate birthdays. You get one big, huge birthday when you're, you know, about a month old, six weeks old, three months old. They have a ceremony to announce the new arrival of the new person and do a big celebration. Oh, very cool. And, and so there's ceremonies constantly. And then, of course, you know, when somebody gets married, there's a massive celebration. Um, when somebody dies, there's a massive celebration and you dance even through death. So I learned about that as well, um, which I'm using now. I'm dancing through the grief of the loss of my grandson at the moment. And I'm using my dance practice to uh, get me through this grieving process. I learned so much. You dance when you plant seeds. I just did a seed saving workshop I ran here in Mexico because they didn't, uh, I, I couldn't get organic seeds here. So I thought, that's also one of the uh, wisdoms that I carry that I've been studying forever and that I share and pass on. And for me, this the seeds, the dance, the connection to our feminine nature, the, the feminine qualities, the embodiment practices, Tantra, you know, study Tantra and teach yeah. Tantra, all of them come underneath this same kind of uh, spiritual blanket of walking on your spiritual path. For me, spirituality is not something that just happens when you're sitting in meditation. It happens when, when you're dancing. I've had the most profound spiritual awakenings when I'm like lost in the ecstasy of, of dance. And that's actually one of my favorite things to do on the planet is to get into those states. And I experienced those states in Africa because, you know, when there was a ceremony happening, we would dance and dance and dance until the sun came up, you know, and it was all on human energy, you know, so the, the caller, the, the, the lead singer would start a chant and then all the voices, the whole village would just join in. Oh, we're doing that song, you know, oh, wow. and they just join in and, you know, and it would just get higher and higher and the drummers are being fed. There's a perfect marriage between the music and the dancers. The drummers are being fed by the, the dancers and the dancers are being fed by the, the drummers and the musicians. And there's this like whole, you know, circuit of energy that gets built. And what they're doing is they're building a vortex, a power of vortex Absolutely. to open 
the portal, which is when the ancestors come through. So then at about four o'clock in the morning, people start getting possessed by the ancestors and bringing through messages of how to solve some kind of problem or issue that's happening in the, in, in the village. So it, you know, there was profound wisdom within yeah. this science of using dance to, to lead a more harmonious and spiritual life in harmony with both yourself, the community, the village, and each other and, the, and Gaia, you know, planet Mother Absolutely. Earth. Yep. So when I got back to Australia was where I was living at the time, which is not a rhythm or uh, totally. dance-based dance <laughs> culture, yep. right? Yep. Other than the Aboriginals, the Indigenous people, they, they certainly dance is a huge part of their culture and music. They're, you know, they call them the song lines. They dance these lines through the country, but they were just about obliterated you know, through colonization and the white people are coming from uh, England mainly do, did not come from a dance culture. And there's a lot of shame and uh, embarrassment around dancing. So, you know, the only place that people would dance was to drink copious amounts of alcohol to get where out of it. Yep, where their inhibitions are lower yep. and they mm -hmm. are less in their head in general. Yeah, mm -hmm. yes, exactly. And so I started teaching African dance, trying to have the experience that I had in Africa and you know it was it's very hard when people don't come from a rhythm based culture it was like no there's the one one two three yeah. put your foot down now yeah, you know? yeah. so they were they were getting um frustrated in some senses you know they weren't you know because uh, African dance is also very uh, complex I realized yes. for most people like the, the the footsteps and the the choreography you know per se can be quite complex and um, for me, it was easy because it's in my ancestral blood. It was in my nature and I sure. grew up with rhythm. So uh, it was easy for me. But for where I was teaching it, it was not becoming easy. And I do these week long workshops and I would you I realized there what you know, it was dealing with the shame. It was dealing with the guilt of being seen dancing without it being inebriated. It was all these things. So I started developing all these processes to get people to the point where they didn't care anymore, where they could just dance and I simplified things down to just you know very basic basic movements um and and then you know a good African dance class you'd have maybe you know 15 to 30 people was a really good one you know it was a niche it was a niche thing to it to attract people to so I started doing my yoga teacher training because I was interested in Ayurveda I was interested in in all philosophies of all different cultures other than western culture of like how to get back to some sort of semblance of humanity that is in, is in harmony living with nature and so i would turn to these you know ancient cultures to look for solutions of how to bring our western culture back into alignment and the dominant culture of course you know dance was not a a, a primary part of our our culture whereas all indigenous cultures i found there was that common denominator of dance as a as a huge part of of every ritual, every ceremony, every healing, you know, there was music and dance, you know, that's, it's part of being human. So with the yoga, I found again, too, in yoga, you know, Ayurveda, which was based in the five elements, and I was working really strongly with earth, water, fire, and air, but then ether was the space, you know, and there's yep. more space than anything else. Exactly. And it was like everything for me to understand something complex, I need to understand it first through my physical body. So it just 
it came to me like a download of the five elements dance activation of dancing the the five elements dance activation and i started teaching that as a way to bring back harmony and balance just like in ayurveda you know you're balancing these uh doshas your doshas yep. to get back to a sattvic state or a more harmonious balanced state with the energies of air and earth and water and fire in your body so i created it as a dance practice because first and foremost i love to dance and I love music and I love good music. And I like, you know, I, I like to have one foot in both worlds, the ancient world and the modern world. And how, you know, can we use the best of both of these two ancient and modern cultures to bring back more uh, harmony and more happiness into people's lives? So I created that and then that morphed into, you know, the conscious dance movement. And, and when I did my, you know, the first five elements dance activation with my my ex who who was teaching the drumming and you know it gets pretty boring with teaching like beginner drummers you know the, 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 the yep. da, 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 you know these <laughs> rhythms and I was like don't you want to just like drum and you know like be able to just drum so we created like the electronic beats you know tapping into that modern oh, yep. fire and then putting the live music for each of the elements over top of that music and that was like amazing. That was like a bomb, you know, and we had like 160 people come to the first one. And I very was like, cool. yeah, I was like very cool and very abundant and very like, whoa, you know, this is the, this is needed in the world, you know? And then when my, when I went through my divorce, you know, and we were still trying to hold that space, it went from that 160 down to like six. So then we split that finished and I got more into, well, when I first started like spirit kind of telling me, you know, do your, like do this practice, you know, do this practice one to heal myself. It was how I came back to my center was doing my own practice of the five elements dance. And then when I started to go and teach, teach it again, I was missing, you know, the music factor because I had my ex doing the, 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 the music. So, you know, I, I ended up getting into the DJing. And then when I came to Bali, you know, I've been living in Bali for the last 10 years. When I first got there, they had had at ecstatic dance was was just kind of starting. It was nowhere near as big as it is now. And I really wanted to bring that spiritual element that I bring to the ecstatic dance scene. And I really feel like I initiated that and I asked them, you know, I, I really want to play here. And next thing you know, like back in 2014, at the beginning of 2014, I started DJing for the ecstatic dance at the yoga barn um, and doing that on a, on a twice monthly basis. And that blew up into it now happening. You know, it's, it's, it's like a massive movement. You know, there's, you could probably do ecstatic dance every single day in Bali, I know, and um, it has one of the sexiest dance floors in the, in the, on the planet. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so I started teaching, I started teaching that as well, and bringing in all of those processes that I went through, and that I developed both for myself to get myself there, and to um, support others so that they can be holding that space, and how to bring community back together again. Because for me, in Africa, you know, back going back to my roots and going back to the root of it all, Africa, life is hard, you know, and for all of us, life, life can it be, is. you know, kind of a challenge, like just to be a human being, especially in these times. It is really definitely right a now. challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And what makes it magic and what makes it like fun and makes it enjoyable and endurable and, you know, gives purpose to our existence is this bringing everyone back together in community where you laugh and you cry and you release all that tension and you release all that hardness of being alive and you bring it just back to the joy of being alive, like just for the sake of existence, just for the sake. And I find that that's what um, is lacking in our modern day culture and why so many people take to drugs, take to suicide, especially our younger generation having just gone through COVID where they were like so isolated siloed and separated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that separation is like, we didn't become a super species through separation and individuality. We became a super species because we supported each other and because we love each other and because we held each other, um, both our elders and our young people. And we, we, we had community and that's how we became the super species on this planet. And, and because we utilize the, um elements and the abundance of the earth and I and through greed and lack of sharing and lack of the feminine principles. So mm-hmm. a lot of the work that I do now, you know, I've gone back again full coming full circle to doing my women's work because without the feminine, you know, we're just going round and round in circles. And if you're in a boat out in the ocean and you're just paddling with one oar, the masculine or it just becomes a spiral. You just go round and round in yep. circles. And so activating the feminine or, you know, activating the feminine principles and awakening women to their uh, potential and their birthright of what is the potency that's inside every single woman's womb. It's your birthright is this, this potential, these seeds that we carry just by having a womb and having this cycle and so teaching women again the power in that and how to harness that to not lead with your masculine but to lead with the feminine you know and that means Mm -hmm. that means helping women to understand that through the feminist movement we donned the masculine mask we became uh very good at bringing our masculine forward you know because within each of us we have the feminine we have the masculine Yes, yes. Yeah. So learning how to take your masculine and place him behind you, sometimes you need to bring him out front and, le- and you know, to get shit done, you need to activate Absolutely. that masculine. Yep. But then, oh, you can pull him forward when you need to get shit done. But you're leading in a way that is feminine. And we don't see yeah. that anywhere in our governance, in our education systems, in our in anything in the world, those feminine principles of nurturing first, of care for other first, of self-care first, of deep listening to, you know, what wants to happen versus the logical mind of this needs to happen, you know, so we don't even know sometimes that we're, we're doing that. So I've created what I teach and the way that I teach in ways that are really potent, powerful rituals and ceremonies because I find them, you know, you can do a really powerful ceremony once and it can be worth like thousands of hours of therapy because you get it on a somatic level. Exactly. This is where we really, you know, all issues are held in our tissues. You know, I'm going to say that again. All issues are held in our tissues. 
Our body exists in the present moment. You know, we go into the masculine and therapy, looping in the mind, trying to solve something that actually is held in the body. So that's where the feminine embodiment practices of moving the body to release those held traumas in a healthy, held and safe space so the body and the person feels safe enough to now face that trauma so that it no longer controls their life. And so that then underneath that trauma, what's there is your joy and your natural essence of your natural feminine nature, your true nature, Mm -hmm. which is connected to the earth, connected to Gaia. So what we're, what I attempt to do is to bring awareness through the dance, through the practices of the Shakti or the life force energy current that's flowing through us, which is a dance. You know, we're, we're moving through a universe that is, you know, it's a dance and the music is the, is the cosmic sound of the universe and when we can tune in to all of that and and align ourselves with all of that life becomes fun and life becomes enjoyable and life becomes the you know the great mystery that many of the sages speak about life becomes that you actually start to be participating in it because one of the cruelest and most powerful tools that has been used against humanity for the long, 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 long time is to make us believe that we are separate from source. You know, whether you call it the goddess, whether you call it God, whether you call it Buddha, whether you call it Christ consciousness, whatever you want to call that life force energy, we are all participating in that. And I feel like this is another huge piece that humanity, you know, one of the tools that was done to us through all the great religions to make us give away our power that we have to go through a middleman, a priest or, you know, totally somebody else in order to Who have is that like communication. Better at it than us or more connected yes. than us or yes. whatever the case may be. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that we are, you know, a sinner somehow. And that, you know, of course we can't have that connection with the divine because we're not divine. No, I don't believe any of that stuff. I believe that yeah. we are each born divine and we each maintain that divine connection and we each have a journey to, walk and it's going to be different for each one of us and we are each carrying a seed inside our heart that's why i love to use you know i've somehow found a way with my passion and my love for seeds which by the way comes because my my older brother used to tease me when i was little and um and he would say to me you know when they were talking about like all great things and everything uh oh remember when we did this or we had you know remember when we went there or whatever and you know little me five six seven years old would pipe up oh remember when we did this and my brother would turn to me and say you were just a seed you know because i wasn't born yet kind of thing Mm -hmm. right so in my life it was interesting that i went to the nth degree to find importance in seeds Mm-hmm. And, you know, the seed is everything. The seed is the, the potential. We were all, it's true. We were all once just a seed. And that's, that's life in full potential. We're each given that gift. And if we give it the right conditions, like coming to one of my retreats or coming and doing a training <laughs> with me or coming, to, you know, I see myself as that activator, you know, that's what I Absolutely. call myself. It's like, I am the, you know, the compost. I am the, you know, the, the nutrition. I am the the, the the water, the sunlight, the inspiration 
to then germinate what is already inside of, of people to help to pull away all the masks and you know the things that are blocking the sunlight from directly shining in and igniting your passion for what it is you're passionate about. And I use the tools that I love, which is dance, music, music breath yeah. work, uh, human connection, authentic relating, ceremonies, you know, these these things to bring us to this this awakening of this current that is flowing through all of us as long as we're breathing. You yeah. Know, this, cur this current of Shakti that is flowing through us. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the giving the space and time because we're all, you know, a, a, another one of the tools in this Western modern world is there's no longer time anymore for the arts, which the arts are more in that spiritual creative, uh, creative life yeah. force flow. Exactly. You know, and um, when you see a culture like living in Bali and you see a culture that has highly advanced arts developed, well, those are symbols that show that a culture had developed not only sustainability, but regenerative ability within their community, within their culture, within the very fabric of their society. They've woven in arts and spirituality as prioritizing that so that they were not working 24-7. And then when you see the Western paradigm coming in, nobody yeah. has time to do that. I don't that. have time for anything. Yep. Yeah. I, the, the answer to everything all the time is, oh, I, don't, I didn't have time or I didn't exactly. have a chance. Or, exactly. So, yep. so my invitation with the workshops that I run and with the trainings that I run is to give yourself time to cultivate the tools and the practices of um, an empowered education to cultivate time and space to connect with your innate feminine nature so that this ecstatic dancing doesn't just go in the direction of, you know, being male dominated, uh, you know, yeah. with that energy and leading it more and more into that versus what it originally came about as, as a conscious, you know, so taking people on a conscious movement journey but really she's the most divine gorgeous amazing beautiful planet so i want to bring people back to deeply connect with the elements Absolutely. you know Absolutely. while i'm while i'm working with this map of the five elements it's like i want them to not just cognitively understand that but i want them to you know breathe it in feel it through their only own feet you know to yep. dance on the earth to stand underneath a powerful waterfall and go that's the power of water it's not just all flowy and you know it's a yeah. tsunami as well sometimes but it's got a, a different feel to it than solid earth and you know so yeah, bringing in those absolutely. qualities when you're actually like go oh now i get it once the body feels it just like a trauma it holds on to it so mm -hmm. it's, it's like you can then reference back to that anytime you need, you know, yeah. you can come back, you can come back and, and tap yeah. into that. So absolutely. So there you have it, folks. Part one of two with Malaika. Really interesting stuff. She's really excited, really connected person. We both have curly hair. So of course we get along. Don't forget to... Follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Spotify, the follow button is right underneath the album art for the podcast. And if you're on YouTube and iTunes, you can subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you did that. Um, it would keep this podcast going and 
Also, don't forget to interact with the polls and questions and send all of your feedback. You can always reach out to me on Instagram as well. We'd love to hear about what spirituality means to you. See you next week. Thank you for joining me on today's spirituality what adventure. Subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. Visit us on Instagram at spirituality.what to interact, tell us what spirituality means to you, and even provide some of your own personal musings. Human on, you phenomenal spiritual beings.